0: Hello, this is Pastor Ken from Alabaster House and you're listening to the Alabaster House podcast. It's our desire to see every believer equipped with the tools for living and expressing the kingdom of God in the world around them. Be sure to join us online at alabasterhousechurch.com. You can find us at Alabaster House PA on Facebook and be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Also, Leave a review if you can. This helps us out in the ratings. We greatly appreciate you listening, and we trust that you will be encouraged and equipped by the Word of God today. Uh, well, Pastor, appreciation—it's always humbling—but I do have to say, first and foremost, that uh, if there's one person here that really deserves. More credit than me, it would be my wife, who keeps me in line and reminds me of a lot of stuff, (laughs) and uh, has decorated this entire place pretty much with a little bit of help here and there, and a few suggestions from me every now and then, but uh, it's turning out very nice, and we're happy to have not only this beautiful place, but this beautiful lady as a part of it as well, amen? amen, amen, and also I just want to say as much as you may or somewhat appreciate us, we appreciate you being here, because without you, uh, it would just be me and Krista and the kids, and I mean, it would be kind of fun, but it wouldn't be quite the same, so we appreciate you also, so thank you, we love you. And we're so glad that you've decided to be a part of Alabaster House and everything that we're trying to accomplish. So with that said, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Is there any water up here anywhere? John chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse uh, 8. Last week we talked about a new groove. That God was giving us, leading us to a new groove. We've taken off the old groove and we're putting on the new. And today is a little bit of a continuation of that in the sense, because today I want to talk to you about moving with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know it's important to hear what God is saying? Jesus said, I only say what I hear my Father saying and I only do what I see my Father doing. And it's important for us to tune our ear in the book of Revelation seven times. It says he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And uh, in the kingdom, your ear is single in the kingdom. Your eye is single. How many of you know you have two eyes and two ears? But when Jesus refers to your eyes, he says, I single ear, single Because you're to have an eye and an ear that's tuned to heaven. That you're seeing the activity of heaven and you're hearing what heaven is saying over your life and over the situations uh, that surround your life. So that you will do and say what heaven is doing. Partnership with the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to teach you uh, how to hear and allow the Holy Spirit to navigate you. To the place that God has for you. Because how many of you know. That ministry is not just what I do. All of you are involved in ministry. At whatever level, mothers, if you're raising children, that's ministry. And God bless you because it's harder than. What I do. Uh, Your work is ministry. Everything that you do in life, do it unto the Lord, as the Bible says. And God, through those circumstances and those occupations and whatever it is that you do, will lead you to a place that God has just for you in your life, and that is ministry. It doesn't have to be preaching or singing. It can be you on the on the job site talking to a coworker or to, or talking to a uh, a, a customer. And just sharing with them what God has done for you in your life. It's that simple. We complicate this thing. We've complicated it and made it so much bigger than what it really was ever meant to be. The gospel's simple. The kingdom of God is simple. Jesus even said you have to become like a little child to enter into the the kingdom of heaven. And we think that we have to be biblical scholars and, you know, masters at this thing. No, just be a child. Just be simple. And so in John chapter three and verse eight, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here on the rooftop. And uh, Jesus is talking about being born again, and then Jesus makes this statement and he says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And then he says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit." The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it goes or where it comes from. And so is everyone who is born of the spirit now for our purposes this morning, because we could take a a lot of time and dissect exactly what Jesus is saying here. But today I want to talk to you about moving with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is active. He is moving and he wants you to move with him. The Holy Spirit wants you to go in your life where he's going. He wants you to be where he is in your life. The word for uh, uh, we hear the sound of it, the sound of it. It's the word phone in the Greek, which I'm probably not pronouncing right. But that's where we get our word phonics or our word phone telephone. It comes from that same word, and it's translated only eight times as sound in, the, in Scripture, but 131 times as voice. The wind blows where it wishes, and you could also say, and you hear the voice of it. And as the wind is blowing, because the word wind here is pneuma, which is the same word for the spirit, When God breathed life into man, he became a living being, the pneuma of God, the breath of God. Jesus is not talking about wind in the physical sense. He's talking about the activity of the Holy Spirit, the breath of the Holy Spirit, that whatever the Holy Spirit is breathing on and you're hearing his voice, you are led to that place where the Holy Spirit is blowing on a certain circumstance or a certain situation or a certain person. And your job as a believer is to hear the sound of the breath of the Holy Spirit and go where he's going. Where he leads me, I will follow. And so how do we get there? You know, I think one of the great questions that most believers have is, how do I know if it's God, how do I know if it's me? And some even ask, how do I know if it's the devil? Well, the devil does speak, but I can promise you he's not leading you anywhere good. That's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. Don't follow the voice of the stranger. But we have a situation in 1 Kings chapter 9 where Elijah has just killed the prophets of Baal on uh, Mount Carmel. He calls fire down from heaven and he kills the uh, the prophets of Baal and I it's not first kings it's second kings He kills the prophets of Baal and all of a sudden Elijah finds himself fleeing from a woman called Jezebel And Elijah gets this, uh, into this place where he's now depressed. He's fearful for his life because fear and anxiety always lead to depression. He's fearful for his life now. And he comes to this, uh, this little place out in the wilderness. He travels for a day's time to flee from uh, Jezebel. And when he gets here... In verse number three. No, I don't know where we are. I don't know where we are. Nineteen. Oh, that's what I did. I missed the one. Thank you, Jesse. See, this is why we appreciate Jesse. First Kings chapter 19. There we go. I don't know. We're just going to go with it. So Elijah flees from Jezebel. He's now a day's journey into the wilderness. He comes and sits down under a broom tree and look at what he prays. He prayed that he might die. He said, it is enough now, Lord. Have you ever prayed that prayer? <laughs> God, I've had enough. I'm done. <laughs> Take my life for I'm no better than my father's. Now, how many of you understand Elijah is now he's this is a spiritual battle that he's in. The kingdom of darkness, if you will, has taken over Israel. Elijah just goes out on the mountaintop, has a incredible victory. And the next day he hears that Jezebel wants to destroy his life. And now he's in this state of depression and fear and anxiety. And he flees. And not only that, but Elijah is suicidal. He wants God to take his life. Now, I can tell you from personal experience, I've experienced something Similar to this different times where you have an encounter with the Lord or a great victory in God and you're on the mountaintop and you have slain your enemies. And the next day or a few days later, you find yourself all of a sudden and this voice of opposition begins to come and it begins to pronounce all of the doom and the gloom that's about to happen to you. It's a spiritual battle and we should recognize it for what it is. And so Elijah's in this spiritual battle and he prays that he might die. The problem is is that Elijah's spiritual state is not healthy in this moment. He's in a bad groove. But see God wants to change Elijah's groove if you will, but in order to do that God has to lead him to a place away from His experience away from what he has just gone through. God has to change his atmosphere in order for Elijah to now clearly hear the voice of God. Because the danger is praying a prayer like that and then, you know, thinking God wants me to die. No, God does not want you to die. And so God is about to change the, the view from which Elijah is seen from. And an angel comes and touches him and says, arise and eat for the journey is too great. And so he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? my answer would have been, God, you told me to come here. There was an angel back over here. He tapped me on the shoulder. He gave me this food that was amazing. It lasted for 40 days. And I walked all the way here because you told me to come here. But see, you have to understand, God is not saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? He's saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? What went wrong? Where are you, Elijah? And so... Elijah explains to God what happened. I've been very zealous for the Lord. The children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down all your altars and killed your people with the sword. And I alone am left. (laughs) Isn't it amazing when you get into those states? I'm the only one, God. I'm the only one that loves you. I'm the only one that serves you. Why is this happening to me? And look at what God says, because this is interesting to me. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. God says, go out and stand on the mountain. Before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Look at this. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire and after that fire, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard that. He wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? This is amazing to me because the Bible leaves out so many details. Have you ever noticed this? Like Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, it says about Jacob that Jacob, God told Jacob, go to this place or go to that place. And I know that Jacob learned how to hear the voice of God because Abraham heard God's voice, saw God face to face. God spoke to him. He was God's friend. And then Isaac also would hear from God, receive visions and dreams. And Jacob the same way these men knew how to hear from God. But the Bible doesn't tell us how they heard. We just think it's always an audible voice. Well, I'm just going to sit here until God says something to me and then I'll go and do it. And we're just sitting there waiting for God's voice to boom through the heavens and tell us where to go and what to do and how to do it. And maybe I'm not as mature as some of you in this room, but I just have to say it doesn't work that way for me. And wouldn't it be nice if it was in the earthquake or in the fire or in the wind because it's loud and it's powerful and you can't ignore it. But nine times out of 10, 99% out of 100, usually for me anyway, it's never the loud. It's the quiet. And see, what's funny is God has already spoken to Elijah. God already asked Elijah this very same question. Elijah, what are you doing here? But Elijah didn't understand what God was asking because his answer wasn't the correct answer. God, I've been zealous. God, I'm the only one. And once again, God has to change his atmosphere. He has to change his perspective in order for Elijah, listen, to hear God clearly. And God's clear voice was not in the earthquake or the wind, God's clear voice was in the still, small voice. And Elijah had enough maturity about him that when he heard the whisper, He knew that's God's voice. That's God's voice. See, just as Jesus said, the wind goes where it wishes from here to there. And when you hear the voice of it, when you hear the voice of it, we're listening for the breath, for the voice of God. And most of the time in our relationship with him, it is the still, small voice of God. This is why. It's hard to hear. Because in your life and in my life and in our society, in the day and age that we live in, there are so many voices that are speaking. And notice that that the Holy Spirit, that God has to remove Elijah, not just from Israel and not just from the wilderness. He has to remove him from all of that familiarity and get him to a place that he's unfamiliar with. And get him to a place where he will quiet himself. And get him to a place where he's able to recognize when God's voice comes. And God's voice was the still, small voice. And Elijah recognized it. And when, when Elijah recognizes the voice of God, the still, small voice, it's only in that moment that God begins to give him instructions of exactly what to do, where to go, and who to see. Come on, can we just be honest this morning? We have far too many distractions and far too many voices speaking into our life. Come on, most of us in this room would rather go to a friend for advice than to first and foremost go to God. And there's nothing wrong with the friend. But come on, let's face it, Job's friends, they weren't good friends.